this morning, as I pondered this week what to to bring, and I reflected a bit on last last week's message. There was a um, sort of maybe a I don't know if you'd call it a follow up theme that took hold in my thinking and number of scriptures that I felt would be good to look at. This week we had the privilege, as many of you remember, of having Brandon's here and a little more family gathering together and and uh, had some good times together and some practical good discussions of the joys and sorrows of life and the challenges we face and those kind of things. And... Uh, there was an illustration used at one point that I thought fit very well with what we need, what would go with the message this morning as well. And uh, Brother Eric, would you step up here, step forward here, Just you don't need to bring your Bible, just come up here. Come over here to this side. And uh, now hold your hand up like this, come over here, your right hand. Put it up right next to mine. You can use some Pharrell after we're done, okay? Now, okay. What's he doing? He, he's, uh, he didn't initially, but when, when I made contact, the more contact I gave him, the more he resisted. He came back. He had a response. Was it automatic? Almost? You didn't have oh, to yes. think about that. You can go get some Pharrell if you care to, or take a seat. The thought that I was struck with earlier in the week was counting one of the blessings that are ours as God's people, and that is the blessing of brokenness. And um, because that illustration so aptly describes our society today, we live in a pushback society. A pushback. It's, you know, uh, Brother Daniel brought out that we have one of the hardest things for us to yield up from ourselves are our opinions <laughs> compared to others. We'd much rather give them a cookie than, than yield our opinion, our perspective. And um, I just was made to think about that, that if I'm not incorrect, there was just recently a setting here not so far away where two men, two younger men had arguments at three places and now one is dead. There was a lot of pushback, a lot of resistance. And yet, you know, we would say this morning we we are not there, but we live with the the constant challenge of of dying to self and experiencing the blessing of that brokenness. If you care to open your Bibles, you can turn your Bibles to Isaiah 66, first two verses there. Read as follows. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things have mine hands made, and all those things have been. 
saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Again, I was I was really impressed with not only, I'm not sure how many places in the scripture that thought comes through, that God's delight in is, is in us delighting in him and, and finding in him our all in all. And we see that described here. The creator of heaven and earth, he's made it all. And, um, and yet, where does he find, he says, and where is the place of my rest? Where is the place of my pleasure? Where is the place of my enjoyment? But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit. And trembleth at my word. In this pushback society we live in today, it is nothing new. It perhaps takes different forms and and uh, manifests itself in different um, demonstrations. But all through the scriptures, we see that God is seeking in us our greatest blessing and his greatest glory just a few verses from psalm psalm 34:18 the lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit psalm 51:17 the sacrifices of god are are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart o god thou wilt not despise That is something when we come to him in that state, it is a pleasure to his, to his sight, a pleasure to his heart to see us coming and confiding, confiding and trusting in him. A couple of songs that I had thought of. Uh, one song, I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender all to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus, I surrender, humbly at his feet, I bow. Worldly pleasures, all forsaken, take me, Jesus, take me now. And um, we see that, that relationship of communion and joy of going to him to to embrace us to take care of us to provide for us and as we contemplate the blessings of brokenness we will see that conveyed further and further in um, song number 410 in the church hymnal i will be true to thee we see that theme of surrender again being brought forth Fully surrendered, Lord divine, all that I am or have is thine. Though it may cost me friends and home, cause me in lands afar to roam. Now to the world I bid farewell, broken forever its deep spell. I will go with thee all the way, all of thy bidding will obey. Of course, the refrain, I will be true to thee, I will be true to thee. We already talked about in our lesson passage there, Romans 12, 1 and 2. But there is the picture there of a brokenness. 
when we come to him and we acknowledge him as having a right over our lives and uh, repenting, surrendering ourselves to him to relinquish control of our lives to the one who both created and purchased us is so foundational for our Christian faith this morning. And yet, we must remind ourselves that in that relationship, it is not a once coming to him and and uh, crying out to him, but it is a daily pursuit of him has been has been shared already this morning. The concept of seeking him. Um, when something comes up that we feel the pressure of, are we content to to relinquish and not push back based on even common sense or my desires or even my my personal rights that would be viewed in the land in which we live? Do I respond on the basis of what I can justify in the court of law of the land, or do I respond as Christ liveth in living within me? <clears throat> Sometimes we often deal with and observe, you know, the development of our children and the um, the desire for that obsession with controlling one's life. You know, it can be a count of the cookies or it can be the luster of a toy or whose turn it is on the swing. It can be so many things, but it's that little root of the flesh within us. We're born in sin and yet we live in a world where many seek to to pursue defense of their rights and in that the blessing of brokenness escapes. Perhaps three things we could consider this morning. You know, that, that potential obsession of controlling our lives. Um, that affects so many areas, but when we... Uh, when things don't go as we planned or hoped, do we take it to the Lord and say, Lord, you know all what's happening. You know why this broke. You know why so-and-so didn't, uh, it didn't work out. You know all the details. And to go on from there, um, that is a precious part of returning to him, knowing that in him that knoweth all things. <clears throat> Sometimes we struggle with submission because there is a, a love for sin in ourselves, a love for self-will more than anything else. And that's a rather condemning statement, but that can be the case. That can be something that can keep us from experiencing the blessing, the full blessing of brokenness. And then... Perhaps, lastly, the concept of if we have not been broken, 
We resist surrendering to God merely because we have not been broken. We have not come to the end of ourselves in that area. And one of the things I think in this brokenness, the blessing of brokenness is not a one-time and done deal, but it's something that I, you know, Paul said I die daily, and there's potential for those things to come into our life and experience on an ongoing basis. And we need to take them to the altar of sacrifice and and put them in perspective with the will of God, with His direction, with His leading, His Spirit. And I want to look, remind you just briefly, this principle is taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed there means the most supreme blessing we could hope for. We're always in search of the best, aren't we? We like top quality. And God says, or Jesus said there in his teaching, blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor that is considers himself not demeaning himself, but merely a needy, poor, wretched person dependent upon God. Through our brokenness, when we don't have the answers, when we can't make it happen without the power and grace of God, we come, we can, we're able to understand, we're able to comprehend that we are finite people with a tremendous need of a Savior. A tremendous need of a Savior. As we seek to accomplish the daily duties of life and our walk, there is that challenge. Which will we choose? To build upon the pride and self-sufficiency of what we have accomplished or to acknowledge each thing that we accomplish as God having made it possible, as God having strengthened me for that task, that everything we were able to, to experience having been made possible by Him. The broken, the blessing of brokenness is that it, it assists us in being quick and able to acknowledge our need, our frailty, our need to repent. It helps us in right relationship with God. We are not tempted as we would be as a sinner walking in sin tends to try to hide and sweep sin under the carpet. Um, The other aspect of that brokenness, it produces humility and you know, we have examples of, of those that are leading around us in, in governments and things, and sometimes they, they seem to manifest a lack of that brokenness. And it creates, it accentuates and oftentimes brings that, accelerates that pushback mentality because of the lack of humidity, humility, I'm sorry of humility in their life and experience. It is a bit humid here this morning, but that was not what I intended to say. 
And as we enjoy the blessing of, of walking in brokenness with our Creator, it allows us to be filled with humility as we ought. Scripture from Micah six eight off run through our runs through our mind, but he says, He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to do justly in other versions, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Humility and brokenness. They're a tight weave in the tapestry of a fully surrendered heart. One that walks in repentance and victory. Repentance is not only an action, but it is an attitude that allows us to experience the blessing of brokenness. You know, many times it's through the brokenness of the saints, of those brothers and sisters in different areas that yearn to see the glory of God that opens the door for the possibility of revival. It is the road to revival. I'd like to ran across an illustration that a, a story that occurred in Africa that I thought was rather appropriate. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, verse 19. Here we have the account of the Jesus feeding the 5,000. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. There is a sense in which I would like to use the analogy of that bread there as you and I. That until we as that loaf of bread are broken, we cannot minister, we cannot bless, we cannot provide for those around us. But yet, without that brokenness, we can try to retain the form of that nice loaf of bread. And then what happens? Who can tell me what happens to that nice loaf of bread? Don't be afraid. Have you? It gets in crumbs. What else happens oftentimes? Especially even homemade bread is quicker than, than commercial bread. But it molds, Right? It spoils. In its unuseful, unbroken form, it spoils. It's a waste. 
and where the challenge we, you and I face, brothers and sisters, is should we find ourselves unsurrendered, unbroken, we miss the blessing of it, and that which remains in our hearts and lives is something unuseful, repugnant. For those looking on, it's sobering to consider the great contrast between the blessing of brokenness and the opposing side. Some of the things that bring about brokenness help us to maintain a sense of that, understanding of that need, is the comprehension of God's mercy. God being merciful to us as sinners. And um, just because we may have never sinned certain sins does not make us any less needful of the mercy of God. When we realize that the strength of the power of sin is greater than our natural self and as a man becomes broken before God, it gives us that passion to walk free from the power of sin. As we rest in Him, as we seek His leading, His grace, um, it opens up that avenue. Psalm 51, I want to read verses 3 and 4 there, if you care to turn there. David said, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The acknowledgement of God's mercy to us is foundational. Another example in the early church, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul had a message of love and yet clear truth, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 and 9, and he said this to them there, for though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance, for ye were made sorry after a goodly, godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, or not to be regretted. The New King James uses the word not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. You know, it, it's, it's very similar to when we at times need to discipline a, a son or daughter, a small child, and, you know, they keep pushing their agenda, their whatever they're wanting, until the reality comes that it's wrong, it will not be accepted, and that, that sense of sorrow sets in, and your heart grieves with them. Not that you wanted to cause them pain, but you know through that acknowledgement a change of countenance, a change of behavior, a change of perspective is brought forth. 
And as we grow in the kingdom of God, might we treasure uh, the purposes of godly sorrow. May we understand its healthy work. We live in a world where it almost seems that a portion of, of society is to the point that they would be offended if one would speak a word that would bring conviction on the heart of another because that would be undue emotional uh, abuse. And yet we understand the blessings of brokenness in light of the, the scriptures that teach us the blessing of godly sorrow. I ran across this, and when I included it here. I want to read it. For a person to know godly sorrow, he must see himself entirely lost and undone without God. A man must feel himself in misery before he will go about to find a remedy. Be sick before he will seek a physician. Be in prison before he will seek a pardon. A sinner must be weary of his former wicked ways before he will have recourse to Jesus Christ for refreshing. He must be sensible of his spiritual poverty beggary and slavery under the devil before he thirst kindly for heavenly righteousness and willingly take up Christ's sweet and easy yoke. He must be cast down, confounded, condemned, a castaway, and lost in himself before he will look about for a savior. Godly sorrow goes to the root of the problem. It generates a righteous zeal to change the character of a person rather than just being sorrowful about the consequences of sin. You note that distinct difference there in that last statement. God's word is to be heard in faith and to bring about a change in our heart and life that brings us into right relationship with him. As I was preparing for this message this morning, I had to again reflect. You may recall the illustration I gave of that older man there in Puerto Rico after the hurricane, and he was being asked what he learned from, from that in a general way, and he phrased it that God has taught us many things, but he went on to say in tears that we don't need to wait for a hurricane to love our brother. You see, when he expressed that blessing of loving our brother, what was he saying? It takes brokenness to love each other. It takes forbearance. It takes brokenness not to push back. That's one of the rich blessings that we experience, not in a perfect way, but in a general way, the love of God in our midst as we relate and seek to work together and honor Him and worship Him. It's a result of us yielding our wills to the Father and trying to, to in, in light of the Scriptures, bring about that which brings glory and honor to Him. Brokenness, I already mentioned, has the potential to open the way for revival. If not, and those around you, we have the opportunity without limit to be revived as we come to God personally.
Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If if you know that scripture by heart, you're welcome to turn to it. If you'd like to peruse it here a little bit as we think of it on that verse. But he says there, if my people, and it's a very commonly used scripture in today's world. If my people, there is qualifications. If. We can ask the question, am I truly God's child? Am I truly His? We are called by His name. We're called Christians, so to speak. We humble ourselves. He says, we, we will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. It's such a picture of of an acknowledgement and a picture of the blessing of brokenness. So in today's world of, of volatility, of society, let us not forget the blessing of humility, of brokenness, as we relate to those around us who we don't always know their perspective, their response. But as we, in our own brokenness, seek the face of God, we can experience and be a blessing to those who are around. In everyday situations. You know, the blessing of brokenness is not, like I said again, it's, it's something that needs to be reaffirmed and acknowledged. And um, in those situations, that can be a painful experience, and yet it's one that brings us into the joy and full communion with God our Father.